Hello, everybody, and welcome to Catfish Corner. I am Tommy Dees, sports director at the Tennessean, and you are? Still Paul Skirbina, writer beat writer for the Tennessean. There you go. And why, why do we call this Catfish Corner, Chris? For one, they, they really don't throw catfish much anymore, if they do at all. It may be an urban legend. Well, we can rename it. What do you think we should rename it? Uh, I just said you're you're asking questions I wasn't prepared to answer. And and what about the corner thing? The rink doesn't have a corner. It's just got like it's kind of rounded. Yeah, they're curved corners. It's not guess. really nobody puts nobody puts the predators in a corner. Nobody puts a catfish in the corner. Uh, you know, I haven't seen one lately, but they they do. They had, I guess they added a new one this year in the arena. And the, new in, catfish or a new corner? A new catfish. You can only have so many corners in a round arena. So. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen any lately. I, we smelled them. I think opening night maybe it was. Mm-hmm. I thought we when we walked into the arena that it reeked of of Are people foul. sneaking fish into. Yeah, or they were keeping them in a room or something. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, but, but the new one they added is live. Is that correct? In an uh, as far as I know, it's still. Alive. I mean, it was when they added it. it yeah, I it's don't. It's not know. just somebody dragged in a dead catfish no, like I, fans sometimes do. I do think it's still alive, but they did move the they did move the catfish tank. So, okay. Well, that's an update on the the catfish part. Um, we're going to talk about the three or four or multiple P's: uh, Pekka, the power play, and the penalty, penalty kill, which is, is a fourth P, but also the first K. So, so let's. Well, actually, the third K if you count Pekka with two. I'm confusing myself. Um, so let's talk about Pekarina and uh, how how he has begun his season with the Predators. Well, he's begun it like he's not almost thirty-seven years old. I mean, he's he's you know there every he hasn't lost a game. He's five and zero this year. He's got a two point three one goals against and nine two one save percentage. Um, he's he's looked uh, every bit you know every year. I think for the last two or three years, when the season starts, everyone's like, all right, well, this is going to be the year Pekka falls off. And so far, that hasn't happened. Now, on the other hand, UC Saros has has struggled. Um, not the first time in his career he's done that at the beginning of the season. I don't have any doubt that he'll bounce back and be be fine. But but Pekka's been playing at, at, at almost at an all star level, and it's quite amazing actually how he, he keeps defying age. It seems like you know we've talked before about goalies in the NHL usually fall off a cliff about thirty after thirty five years old, um, and he doesn't look anywhere close to doing that now. He's also getting a lot more rest this year. Um, he started six of the nine games. Um, UC's gotten the other three starts. Probably, I think probably last year he had started at least seven of the first nine. I'm guessing. Yeah, and I, yeah, UC's kind of on that pace again to, to start a few more games than he did the previous year, to kind of getting him ready to to take over. But you know, it's hard to, to it's hard to imagine a guy this old, and he's not look he's not old, but you know, by hockey in hockey years he's old. And, and especially in a position where it's all about hand-eye coordination, which does diminish as, as you reach a certain age, and yeah. reflexes and things like that. Yeah, and I think, and I've talked to Peck about that. You know, and he relies more now. It's it's a lot more of a mental game for him now than than so much as a physical game. And he's still a phenomenal athlete, but you know, he relies a lot, a lot more now on smarts and knowing players and, and knowing their tendencies and and um, reacting in that way rather than just reacting, you know, on, on spur of the moment. So he anticipates a lot more than he used to react, I think, is, is kind of what the difference is. But he still reacts among the best of them in the league. And it's really amazing because, you know, this team, I think, without him – uh, is in deep, deep trouble because he's, you know, he's saved their, their defense has struggled. We've talked about that. Um, he's bailed them out a lot. They, they, as we record this on, on Wednesday, um, they just beat the Ducks on Tuesday night, six to one. 
And the score was a little bit deceiving because Pekka really kept them in that game. I mean, he made some huge, huge saves as he does a lot of you know in a lot of games. But the the six he had nothing to do with, but the one he had a lot to do with. And I did watch a good bit of that game um, late when it was uh, decided I didn't. But um, yeah, that could have been a they could have had two or three goals in the first period, goals against and just wasn't happening well that's that's last night you kind of tuesday night you kind of saw the the beginning of what the predators hope was to turn around of playing better in front of pekka too um a lot of talk of the offseason was and david poyle said it and, and a lot of the players have said it. their focus was completely on offense they, they needed to be more of an offensive team they went out and got matthew shane they've done that they've become more offensive linked. they're fifth or sixth in the league in goals scored they're also i think second or third in the league in goals allowed and the reason for that is not so much awful defense although their third pairing has been really really not good um, but a lot of that has to do with taking a lot of chances on offense that they normally wouldn't take that lead to rushes the other way it's um, the, the football equivalent of the pick six type thing you're, you're taking a risk and if they intercept the pass it's the, going you're, the you're not way. you're not leaving somebody back to right last year they played i would i would venture to say some safe hockey where okay, if if this doesn't work out, we got enough guys on the other end that they're not going to take advantage. Safe, safe and smart, and 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 I and think, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying that's a bad brand. I mean, no, no, it's it's certainly not. But it's you know what they what they long for around offense. Now they're p- kind of paying the price for on defense, and they got to find that balance in there. Where you know it looks, you know, when, when you watch, it's kind of funny because you think why don't you got, why don't you just go all out all the time, and why don't you just you know you, you take a chance, yeah, just pull a, Pekka from the start. Why not? Yeah, just play six on five. You know, I mean, what the heck. <laughs> But so, but the thing is, is that when you when you when you generate more offense and you take more chances, you leave yourself more vulnerable to the to the odd man rushes the other way, to stupid turnovers. You know, in the in your in the offensive zone, you leave your goalie exposed a lot because your defensemen are playing. You know, the Predators so have very a, offensive defensemen. It's a it's a more high risk, high reward brand of hockey. And, and it's more exciting than, to, than we saw last year, right? And, and it's more exciting to watch. Uh, it's also more frustrating for the guys who are playing it at times because, look, they're they're doing things that they normally they're, they're playing a different style that they're not used to playing. And when you have the talent on defense, I mean, look, the top four defensemen, you know, Fabro Fabro's having a really good rookie season. You know, his first full NHL season, and he's he's proven he belongs. And Roman and, and, and Ryan Ellis on that, you know, top pairing, and Eckholm probably the most underrated defenseman in, in the league. It's it's a little bit shocking to see that the goals are giving up now. A lot of the goals they're giving up also were not five, at five on five, and that's where their penalty kill comes in. Yeah, before we get to that, I do want to say this about Pekka, and, and I'd like to hear your take on it. We have seen. In football, Tom Brady become an effect, stay an effective quarterback into what is usually declining years. And he doesn't have the big arm that he had before, but he has the mind and the anticipation, the things that you talked about with Peckham for it. Brady is also probably the, the all-time champion at taking care of his body, of realizing that if I'm going to squeeze another year, two years, three years out of this, I can't. I can't live like a lot of other people live. And I think Pekka is kind of like that. He seems, I would venture to say there's not a predator who takes better care of his body and realizes what a commodity it is than him. Yeah, and I, you know, I've I've talked to him, and actually he he brought the name Tom Brady to me, and because I, I we were kind of talking about just the longevity thing, 
and and how he takes care of his body compared to how he did ten years ago or or, or even five years ago, and and the big change with him was was you know the injury that he had um, I think in 2013 or 14 um, that, that cost him a lot of time, um, and when he was recovering from that injury, he began to realize that you know my body is not going I, when, when when he's 25 years old he doesn't have to do all these extra workouts and get up in the morning i mean his no, summers yeah those level athletes don't have to it's just natural right and and now it's not natural and he and he he took an injury for him to realize that and also took you know he took a look around the league to see guys who you know he said he's talked to other players who have been able to to you know play a long time beyond when they're quote unquote supposed to and you know just it's the old he's not doing anything out of the ordinary except for he's not doing what he used to do he's eating you know better and he's you know take you know he's taking care of himself more in terms of but it's a lot more preparation like yeah. his summers have to be health <laughs> right i don't think he's the kind of guy who who however many years ago 10 years ago was probably the guy who would have stayed out all night partying but I will guarantee you that when they just took their swing through Las Vegas and what they had two two nights there, they had three. I think they had three, three nights. nights yeah, Vegas, so yeah. that's kind of first road trip. Get to know the guys. I'm sure he socialized. I bet. I bet he wasn't out on the casino floor in a bar at, at 4 a.m. And I bet somebody was. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, or 3 a.m. or well, 2 a.m. or whatever. I, I know a lot of them went to. A, they went to a, a comedy show together. Nine or ten of them went to a show. But I don't. I, I very highly doubt it was a, a stay all night kind of a thing. Out all night kind of a thing. I know a few guys. A few coaches went out. Um, you know. Hey, more power to them. They had a day to day off, off in there. Yeah. And, and uh, but, but yeah, I'm I don't, just saying he's the kind of guy who probably said. I'll hang out with you guys, but I, you, if you're drinking, I'm drinking water. Or if I'm, I'll hang out with you till till curfew or till my bedtime. Yeah, it reminds me of my a sto- self-imposed curfew. It reminds me of a story a, a few years ago after the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. I was outside the locker room in 15, 2015, and they're celebrating and partying. The season's over, and I always looked at Duncan Keith as like he was like he was kind of a machine, and he not even a half hour after everybody's partying in there, he he's walking out with his family. And I and I, I, I was the least surprised person in the world. Like you know, he he he's got to go home. He's got, like he, that's how much of a maniac he is about his body. And these guys, some of these guys are like that. I think Pekka is, um, you know, he's a guy who he realizes he, he come he's come to grips with. Here's how old I am. Here's what I have to do. Like I said, he relies more. The physical part comes during the, the during the summer and and you know the practices and, and whatnot. But the mental part is what really kind of ca- carries him through more. Now, when you combine those two, um, he's able to you know stretch out a career that that uh, the Predators should be thankful for. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's completely a milk and cookies guy, but but nowadays he's probably like an almond milk and and no no sugar, no fat cookies. Which are why does anybody eat that? But um, yeah, I, I, I'm amazed at how seriously he takes and and how self aware he is that that he can't cut corners if he wants to be the elite goalie that he's been at this age and that, and that's he's going to be look you're not going to be successful without and that's really and that's goal. rewarding the franchise that rewarded you that's saying you put the faith in me you gave me the contract i asked for you're going to get every bit of pekka you're going to get the pekka who can who's competing at the highest possible level every night and i really believe that you know, he told me if uh, I was talking with him about retirement, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, and he t- he said he wants to retire while he can still play. So that leads me to believe I think he's going to play this year. I think he'll play next year. And I think he's going to be. I, I my opinion is I think he's going to be done after that because I think, you know, he he he's real with himself and understands that. But 
it's really fun to watch a guy who's who's that quote-unquote old yeah and i don't want to belabor too much but i have been to a number of morning skates and practices and he's a guy who's probably as hard to score on in those where there's no defense on the ice and it's three on none he he takes every one of those shots personally well and that's what that's that's what makes him great i think that's at least part of what makes him great you know he's not out there I mean, he'll look, he'll laugh and have fun and goof around, but he he knows when it's time to be serious and when when it's not. So, um, anyway, but yeah, so you know, despite the the great play that Pekka, you know, has had so far, the penalty kill has not been great in front of him, um, and that really puts a lot of pressure on goalies. Um, I think I, I want to say the Predators are, I don't know, they're how are they. Third or fourth, and third, I think they allowed the third most or scored the third most goals and allowed the six most six most most goals. But like I said, a lot of those aren't on five pen, on five on penalty play penalty. No, no penalty. overall, overall. Okay. So, but the goals against a lot of those goals against are coming when the other team's on the power play. And last now Tuesday night they killed all three Ducks penalties and scored a shorthanded goal, um, but their penalty kill sat, sits at like 69 percent or something which is which is pretty awful i mean you, you can't you cannot sustain success that way they last tuesday night was the first night that they i think they i want to say that they went into third quarter or third period with a lead and won um you know they, they think a they, lot of come from behind a lot of come from behinds but not a lot of protecting leads um and so you know they, they kind of reversed uh, the roles on the ducks last night it could be the beginning of a turnaround um you hate to, you know we're nine games into the season you know, you can't can only make so much of a trend that with that little evidence, right? But but you also have to be aware that it's be aware of it too. Oh um, yeah, I talked with Austin Watson about the penalty kill, and he he seemed to think that you know yeah it's been poor, and you know people they allow three I think they allow three power play goals against the against the Coyotes on the last game of that L.A. Uh, Vegas Arizona trip, and he says yeah you know everybody sees that and says oh my god the penalty kill the penalty kill, um, but. It is an, it is a big enough sample size to know that there's a, there's something wrong there. Now Austin said that he does, you know he doesn't seem to think it's a major problem. It's just little adjustments they need to make, which is kind of what they're always going to say. I mean they said that about the power play all year last year, um, and they and they made that adjustment when they went out in the offseason. In the offseason, right, off, uh, right, roster and the coaching. They might not want to. They might not want to wait that long to. And, and they're not waiting that long to address this now. I mean, look, they addressed the power play all year last year, but it's just you know when you, when you watch a team, you kind of you, you learn. I think through ten or fifteen games what your team is, and you know I think you're going to see a lot more high scoring games. I, I think they've had five games with six goals already this year, and they may have like twelve games all of last year with six goals. You're going to see a lot of offense, <clears throat> but you know the the five on five play is really what really where you're going to kind of win games you can win games and lose games but but you also can win games and lose games with the power play and the penalty kill the power play has been a lot better um i think having Matt Shane in there that look that that first power play unit even the second power play unit um has been really really good and you know they're not standing around and and doing the old soccer passes and and you know they're they're really you know they're 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 getting guys in front of the net. They're getting some quote unquote dirty goals, and that's easy oily goals. That's that's what you need. I mean, you you can't sure just you you can't. and you also need need. And, and I think this is obvious. And if you if you want to take a look at uh, what a, a difference that that a novice can see, last year it seemed like an interminable. We're going to keep passing it around until 
the defense magically vacates and we get a wide open shot. And maybe the goalie's looking at, you know, at his watch. And then we'll shoot it. They they were reluctant to shoot the puck. They, on right. The nobody wanted to. Nobody on the power play. On the power. They, I mean, I had I had players I mean, tell you, me that you we have we, somebody in front of the goal. But if you never shoot it, what good is that? Well, there's been a couple of reasons why that's changed. And and I've had, but I had a, a couple of players tell me like one player even joked like we wanted to start. It got so bad we wanted to start declining the penalties. I mean, like yeah. you know. Uh, and that's so a loss. should be a thing, but that's for another podcast. That's a, but that, but that's just you know that's a complete loss of confidence right there, mm-hmm. and, and and that kind of just snowballs over time. And when you start going out there and you start dreading, you know everybody has things in work that they hate to do. That shouldn't be one of them in, in hockey, right? That should be fun. That's you have an, an advantage, advantage yeah. you know. Um, but we have more people down here than you do, right? Right. But they they kind of you know, and, and confidence is a funny, fragile thing. Um, and, but they've they've but over. They, but the point I'm making is they're shooting much more aggressively and not looking for a perfect opportunity. They're trying to make opportunities. Right. And 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 having Matt Duchesne have, having Matt Duchesne in front of the net and not it frees up Victor Arvidsson for a lot of things. I think we've gone over that. Um, having two left-handed shots on there, one one defenseman. Um, what I found interesting on Tuesday night was the they had a couple of five on threes. Um, and they went with two defensemen and three forwards on the five on three, which is I didn't even had a chance to ask about that, but I thought that was interesting because you would think that would be a time that you would you could almost put really five forwards out there. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, Roman Yossi almost acts as a as a fifth forward anyway when, when that's true on their on their on their power play and Ryan Ellis too, who by the way, if I told you let's Ryan, do, Ellis, let's do mention Ryan Ellis because well, that's a guy who's made some noticeable improvement. Look, there was a last year, and I wrote about this today. Um, or yesterday, but it's you know it's at the Tennessee.com. You can check it out. But Ryan Ellis last year set a career high in points. Ryan Ellis last year also looked like something was wrong. It looked he didn't look like he was he was one hundred percent. He played all eighty two games. Him and Roman were the only two players to do that. But there was something a little bit off. And I was listening to David Poyle on the radio yesterday, and he, and he said exactly that. There was just it seemed like something was a little off with him. Um, this year. It doesn't seem like there's much off with him. I, I asked Peter Laviolette last night if he noticed any difference with Ryan Ellis last year compared to this year, and of course he said no because he doesn't. But he did. He did say that you know they're they're getting him the puck like they want him to get more touches on the puck. Um, he's not he's not a great goal scorer, but he's a great passer. He's a, he's another offensive threat. They want their defenseman to be offensive and. He leads the team in points, uh, which is, you know, at this point in the season, again, it's only nine games in, but, you know, I think Matthew Shane has 10 points. And, and I would venture to say there's not a nine game stretch last year where he had this level of production. There's not a, there are, in fact, last night, um, had he, had he had another assist or a goal last night, another assist or a goal and had two points last night, it would have set a Predators record for, uh, he would have, that would have been the first Predators player to ever have five consecutive multi-point games, um, but it was his fifth consecutive game with a point, which also was a career high for him. And look, the importance of him with PK being gone and, and Favreau sliding in with Ekholm, it's very important for Ellis to not only – I mean, he, he, he got pushed around. I, when I say off last year, he got, he, it seemed to me he got pushed around, especially in that Dallas, that Dallas series in the playoffs. He, he, you know, he's not a big guy, but he, he just got manhandled. And usually he's able to avoid that. Usually he's – I don't know if he looked slower last year or what what it was. But this year he looks like he's not – you know, he's not quite a – other teams can't corral him quite as easily. 
And also, I, I, I would say the difference that I see, and you see them a lot closer than I have, and a lot, a lot more than I am right now this year. But just watching from a, a further perspective, he looked like he was laboring last year, and everything he did looked like he really had to fight his fight himself to do it. Almost, you know, it's not just that other guys were pushing him around; he wasn't getting to the spot quick enough. He wasn't. He just had to really push. He doesn't look like he's pushing now. He looks like the game's coming to him. He and I think and I think a lot of that has to do with probably a he physically feels better, and b you know him and him and Roman played a lot together last year and they, they complement each other well. Um, but I th- you know and Roman's look Roman's one of the best defensemen in the game. I you know and 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 that only helps that frees Ryan up a lot. Ryan likes to take the you know the shot from the point and Ryan likes to you know kind of fire away and and you know, still be responsible defensively, which is a very, very tough thing to do, you know, once you get into that. Because defensemen almost have to play in that that mode, both modes all the time. I mean, forwards can get away with being a little less defensive um, than, than defensemen, obviously, can get away with being less offensive, if that makes any sense. Right. But, you know, it's 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 allowed – look, I think he has a goal and 11 assists in, in nine games. Um, you know, that's a, that's a pace that <laughs> – you know, is, is that's the pace of pretty much everybody in the league would would envy. Although there's higher goal scorers, right? And if you just talk points, right? Any, and they, anybody would pretty much take that in this league. And they don't they don't need him necessarily to score yeah, defenseman for sure. Because um, they have you know, look, they got Arvidsson and they got Yossi and, and Forsberg, who we're still waiting for to come back um, with the, the lower quote unquote lower body injury that uh, happened in the during the Vegas game. He's missed the last couple of games. Um, I don't anticipate him. I don't know this, but I don't anticipate he was he was not on the ice today. Um, this was an optional, practice, was an optional so that practice. doesn't mean anything. But I did see him. I, I saw him yesterday, or I saw him before the game on Tuesday, and I saw him you know today outside the locker room. He walking around, he looks fine. But I, I don't know that they're going to rush him back from whatever this this injury is. But he's he seems snake bitten the last couple of years. Um, but still, I think. You know, he. I think he was off to a great start. He's he's still tied for the team leading goals with Victor Arvidsson with five, and um, Kyle Turris is somebody we'll talk about. Well, that's in a minute. another guy who's was really. Wait, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm, we'll get to it. But look at the, the the scoring that's that's been kind of spread out with with Arvidsson and Forsberg and Yossi and Kyle Turris and Nick Benino's got three goals and Ekholm has three goals and and Colton Sissons has three goals and Matt Duchesne has. Two goals, nine assists, and Johansson has a couple of goals. You know, Grandlin there, has. There a were nine game stretches last year where, if half that many people have multiple goals, you'd you'd have been better. Yeah, and, and look, Fabro's got a couple of goals. Ellis has twelve points. I mean, Yarn Croak, who's been really really good on the on the getting offensive production out of him playing with with Johansson and Arvidsson. Rocco scored his first goal Tuesday night. About time. His parents uh, were in town. I think it was the first time. I think they need to keep Rocco's parents around. He seems to really thrive on that. He di- I, I want to say, I was thinking about this today, and I'd have to go look it up, but I want to say, was, I think. But I, Put him on retainer. What I read was that he, that was his first time his dad's seen him play in Nashville. Um, but I remember, I think, on the mother's trip in D.C. on New Year's he Eve, did, I want to say he, he scored did. a goal and yep. his mom was there. Um, he did score in DC. I want to say that I think was he scored, like a, I think he scored after they came back from that trip too, and his mom was here for that right. one. So he maybe want to kind of see if she can get to more games because um, he's been he does all right with her. But the, the point being that the offense now there ever there's a lot of a lot of the depth <laughs> that they always were talking about is showing itself now. Um, the key will be 
for them to be able to be a little bit more conservative offensively so it doesn't cost them so much on the other end. So, but um, Kyle Turris has been, <laughs> um, has been an awful season last year. He had a couple injuries. Oh, you tell you had a bad season. Last he, year. he, no, I mean, there, there was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of, you know, internal, um, internal things going on there that um, kind of affected his game mentally. I mean, he told me multiple times how he had lost confidence. He wasn't sure that they were using him the right way. Um, with, and even so, with Forsberg out, he's been playing. He's been centering the, the what I what I call the, the first line, which is which is the Duchesne Granlin line. Which, if you look at the numbers by time on ice and, and and things like that, that is their top line. However, you want to refer to it. But he went from being basically the fourth line center, where he was thriving um, the, before Forsberg got hurt. You know, sometimes you'll find that baseball player who, who need to get their confidence back just needs to hit in the eight or nine hole for a while. And, where there's and, not a pressure to produce as much, but the but the problem and, and but but where that comparison a little bit falls short is that there's a lot less opportunity um, when you're at the fourth line center. You're, you're you're playing 12, 13 minutes a game. You're not playing twenty minutes a game or twenty five minutes a game. You're not getting four at bats, right? And and but also what comes with that is who you're playing with, right? Like it's like who's maybe who's behind you in the order. You're not you're not getting the same pitches, I, I, but. He he was doing well in that role, the fourth line center role, and now moving up to fill in on the second line where moving Duchesne to the wing and, and putting Turris at center, he had a huge goal the other night. Um, he just – he looks like a different player. He, he he's You can tell the difference with him just in the locker room. You can tell on the ice. You can tell the confidence is there. Um you know, and, and you can tell that he's the guy because you, look, you don't want to pay your fourth line center six million dollars a year. Um, they tried him out on the wing with Johansson and Arvidsson during the preseason. They didn't. They didn't really like that. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see when Forsberg comes back, kind of what they do with with Turris and if he's able to kind of go back um, to that fourth line and and continue to produce, or maybe even get more minutes, maybe get more power play time, you know. And, and here's the other question, is what he's doing and what he has done now make make it more likely that they are able to and want to still trade him? Well, that's that's the million-dollar question because – million-dollar question. It, it, I mean, you, you like to have that depth. Um, if he's going to produce the way he's producing, you like to have that cap room. <laughs> but they're going to have a lot. I think they have twelve or thirteen, or I don't even know how many unrestricted free agents they're going to have after this year. That I mean, it, look, they're going to be able to they're, they're going to be able to sign Yossi, and I have Presumably. no doubt that's going to happen. They're going to be able to they're going to have some cap space after this season. Um, now, depending on what if they can get rid of his whole salary and he's you know depending on the kind of season that he has if he can keep this up i don't know why they would get rid of him um but there there again if he keeps this up then his trade value goes back up again so you know that's that's kind of it'll be interesting to see a lot if I'm, of if i'm another team i'm looking at him right now a lot different than i looked at him at the end of last year i'll tell you that yeah i mean that, uh, sure and i and there's no doubt that you know small sample or no he's showing he can do produce at that level that you're that he was being paid to produce which he, which he right which he has shown before um right he just didn't last year's all right right and it was kind of funny because he walked into the uh locker room after the after the game the other night um after the they lost to the panthers and he had his little son with him 
and there's a little, you know, group a little group of reporters around his locker, and he basically joked, "Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my son speak on my behalf tonight," because, you know, and he was half joking and and, and whatnot, but he look, Kyle's gonna if he can continue to produce at this rate this season. I mean, let, let's you know we can speculate whether or not they'll, they'll keep trying to trade or not. He he's not going to hurt them if he keeps playing at this level wherever he may be playing. If you could have a fourth line guy playing like him. That creates all kinds of problems for other teams. So, um, again, it'll be interesting because Forsberg and Duchesne and Granlin together is not – I mean, I think that's going to you know, that's gonna stay together. So, you know, getting him top six minutes, the only other thing you can do is potentially, you know, if, if you don't like your crook on that wing, you could try him on the wing again with, with Johansson and Arvidsson. If, that's the only way he's going to get top six minutes unless, of course, somebody gets hurt, which – you know, it was bound to happen. Well, let's get down to brass tacks. What did you ask his kid, and what was the answer? <laughs> his kid wasn't available for interviews. No, okay. <laughs> that was kind of the joke. The, <clears throat> so it the, sounds like the kid's already got that superstar, big head, you know, I'll deal with the press when I, on my terms. Well, yeah, well, I, I just think, I, and I always think it's it's kind of neat when... It's a team game kid. Well, he, he'll learn. His, his dad will teach him. But uh, one, one, thing, one thing interesting that did come out of the, all the tourist stuff was before the Florida game on Saturday, um, Peter Lavalette was asked if he's had any conversations about tourists about his ice about his ice time, and Lavalette said he hadn't talked to him about it. They hadn't had any conversations about it, which I find odd. But and 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 I don't. It's not totally disbelievable because I don't know that they have the greatest relationship. I don't know this for sure. I don't know. You know, I don't know if any insight. I just it seemed like an odd answer. Um, yeah, it's hard to know the team dynamics of that because okay, so you're the player who's not getting as much time as maybe your salary might dictate, and and you're on a line that that's not where your salary might dictate, and that you feel your ability dictates. But if you go to the coach and like you know play me or trade me, so to speak, or I, I deserve more time, then you're kind of a diva or you can be perceived as you know what i'm saying no i do know what you're saying i, I don't know the ins and outs uh, hey that's my turn to play you know look at me you know i know there's other good guys here and you're, you know the coach has got to say well we you know your your role right now is to do what you're doing you know know your role or something i, I would assume well what, what i'm not surprised i guess what surprised me a little bit is because i would assume that uh, you know i've dealt with a lot of different coaches and managers in different sports and everybody has a, their own approach, and maybe Peter's approach is he does, he maybe he doesn't talk to players about things. Maybe he just tells them this is the way it is. A lot of a lot of coaches or managers do talk to players and do have conversations. We're probably with in them. an age where it's more like where you would expect that discussion to take place than twenty years ago, where the coach just says that's where you're put. You know, you're bat night today, so to speak. Once again, right? Or your you know your role is uh, is to be a to come off the bench, your role is to to be on the fourth line, and you're going to get eight minutes, and that's what you're being told to do. So go do it. And well, now nowadays, it's a little different dynamic. Well, I just don't know what the you know advantages of like with Kyle, you know, playing him on the wing during the preseason, right? And then we're gonna we're gonna put him back at fourth line center. Then we're gonna bring him back up to top line center. Then we're gonna like you know, it's hard for a player to know his role. If he doesn't know his role, his nobody role tells him what. He, right. If, if nobody tells him this is what your role is, um, if you say for six games or however many, while so and so's out, I need you on this line in this role, 
And then when they come back, you're going back to this role. At least they should be able to, well, they like it or not, they can understand their role and they and can try to prepare it. for yeah. it. And, you know, that that's where the confusion sets in for me where it was, was basically it was just, no, I just, I haven't talked to him about it. Like, you know, and I'm not saying that's not true. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that at all. What I'm suggesting is if it is true, I find it odd. I find it a little bit odd. It, it, it did kind of set, set off a little bit of a, of a signal to me that, you know, I don't know if it's a. I, I don't know. You know, I can't. Yeah, you know, I'm, let's be honest. I don't know. You may know better than I do. I don't know how many conversations he has like that with any of them. I don't. I don't. I mean, that may not be unusual on that team. And that if we have talked to him before. You know about. Look, he's, Peter's not going to reveal very much. But you know, we have asked him if he's talked to other players before about other things, and he said, "Yeah, we talked to him about that, or we talked to him about this." That's why it kind of. That's why it kind of set off alarm bells a little right. bit. And I, you know, look. I'm sure he talks to the goalies and says you're starting tonight and you're starting two days from now or three days, you know, three games from now or whatever. Just the, just the, the I don't want to belabor the point, but just the, you know, the point being, the, the bottom line to me is that you know Kyle is is making the most of whatever opportunity that he's been given. Um, it's done the Predators well so far. If he can continue to do that, you know, then I think that's a really good thing for him and for the Predators, whether he stays or goes or is traded or, or, or whatever. Um, you know, he's the player and, and Michael, Mikhail Granlin, much the same struggled mightily after he was traded, after they traded for him last year uh, at the deadline in, Fe- in February and has looked like a completely different player this year, which is which exactly, is their, which is to their advantage. Cause he, right. he just didn't produce in that. So you you look, you look at he adding Duch- before you look at adding Duchesne, and now effectively adding tourists and adding Granlin, and that there's your answer as to why they're so much better offensively. Um, it's almost like they got guys in a trade that they didn't have last year because these are two different players we're talking about with Turris and Granlin. So it, compared to what they were with with the with the Predators last season, so that that's going to go a long way. I think you know we're a ninth of the way through, the, not even a ninth of the way through the season yet, but. You know, we've got what we've got, seen what we've seen. I think we're going to, when the next eight or nine games, we'll be able to kind of figure out exactly what this team might be after they make some adjustments and and, and get everybody back healthy again. But um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to make for an interesting, um, make for an interesting season if these, if they can keep stay healthy and keep for the most part stay healthy. You're not going to say all oh, completely healthy, but if these guys can keep playing this way. Um, and, and Duchesne has been as advertised, and, and Arvidsson, you know, continues. They're, they're going to have a forty. They're going to have two forty goal scorers this year. I mean, it, it, they've never had any forty goals. Yeah, so thirty is like a hot water mark around here. Yeah, so and I think Arvidsson had thirty four or thirty five last year. So that's and he missed however many games he missed, and still, yeah, he, he, I think a full season projected, he was at the forty level. Right? Yeah, yeah, so. Look, the offense I don't think is going to go away. It's, it's, it's a matter of is the defense going to going to come back to at least a median, right? At least a – And you mentioned the goalkeeping and the pace is on and everything, and I would expect to some degree for that to, to diminish with yeah. wear and tear on an older body. You're not the same guy in February that you are in, in October. And it's just the but, ups and downs of a season too. But on the other hand, with this offense, it's a little more forgivable because if you give up two goals – this team right now should win. Yeah, I mean, look. And that wasn't the case. Last year, if you gave up two goals, you were probably hoping you could tie it. Yeah, I mean, they, they were when they were playing from behind last year, there wasn't a lot of a lot of 
confidence that they were going to come back. And no, if they went down three to one, you were already pretty much packing your bags. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying the team was, but you, you as a, a person who's watched the team, whether it's as a, a journalist or as a fan, had no real expectation that they could come back from three to one for, on a given night. And I sh- I'd be remiss to, this year. I'm not shocked at all. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that the pedal tavern disappeared whoa after four games the fifth p the pedal tavern the fifth p um so the Thank predators God. can we listen, get rid of the ones downtown now the predators and the scooters while we're at it the predators fans complained loudly and the predators listened to their credit look they tried a gimmick now that now this pedal tavern is is in the is in bridgestone is an actual tavern um, I joked. I, it was. It was. It wasn't a joke, but I was kind of being cute in the in the story about how the, the fans brought their own booze to the pedal tavern, and <laughs> um, and and now there's booze at the pedal tavern. And um, the other thing I noticed last night, and I, I it, cu- it took me a little while. So this new power play song that they had, this this Dirk Bentley song, this five one five zero thing, disappeared last night too, and DMX Ooh, was back. Wow. So I don't know what. See, I'm in favor. No, no, no disrespect to Dirk Bentley at all, but I will take the DMX. Yeah, I think they now that they have a little more confidence in their power play, they're going to... They still got that Marilyn Manson, Bobby Roode, uh, WWE theme mashup. I got to listen for that uh, beginning of the third period, I haven't, coming I, out of the second. I haven't noticed it, but I, I definitely will pay more Beautiful attention. Beautiful people and um, glorious uh, something. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to pay more attention to that and see next game if the if, if DMX is back again, because there's certainly... They're certainly experimenting with some different things. Um, and I think that, that was another thing that, for some odd reason, at least on Twitter, people were complaining about this Dirk Bentley power play song. So I, It was working. I, I know. That's why I don't know why people are complaining. something that's working. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens uh, coming up, and we'll, we'll, we'll report on it next during the next uh, Catfish Corner. That's right. And that does it for this edition of Catfish Corner. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcast. And if you do, you can, if you liked what you heard, you can drop us a review or a rating while you're at it. You can even do that if you didn't like what you heard. Uh, But for Paul Skirbina, I'm Tommy Dees, and we'll be back next week.